soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. But on that certificate of ordination is the text from John 15 where Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And how revolutionary was that and how important was that for them to hear that in John chapter 15 as he's going to the cross that very day? They're going to see him because the Jewish day began at sundown, right? So this is all happening. And so within that day that began at night, they would see Jesus on the cross and step into the different dimension as he would go to the grave and set the captives free. And he said to them, on a day where they'd just be so stunned by everything, on a night where Peter would deny Jesus three times, where Judas would be the betrayer and hang himself, all this stuff, like who could even been prepared for that for these 12 disciples who were told of these apostles, Jesus said that he chose them. And he spent the whole night fasting in prayer with the Father, and then he came down and he chose the 12 apostles. And just as he chose them, he's chosen every believer on this planet right now tonight who's born again through faith in Jesus Christ. But in John 15, he said, he reminds them, because they're going to change the world. They're going to radically change the world with the the apostles' doctrine, the gospel truth, and the power of the Holy Spirit. They're going to go on those Roman roads in that Greek-Roman world with all that human power, all that power of Caesar, all Caesar's power. And they're going to turn that world upside down. And they needed to know before the day of Pentecost ever came that you did not choose me, but I chose you. And we need to be reminded that as we come to the end of 2020, we need to be reminded tonight that we did not choose Jesus, but he chose us. He revealed himself to us by his Holy Spirit, and he convicted us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And whether it was gradual like Timothy or profound like Saul struck down on the road to Damascus, there came a quickening in our heart where we decided to follow Jesus. Like the song says, I have decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me, I will follow. And that has happened for most, if not all of us in this room. And we're here tonight, not because we're hanging on by a thread, because we've chosen to follow Jesus. We're here tonight because he's hanging on us, because he chose us. And the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. And we have a firm foundation. Our God is a rock. And he's not moved, and he's not changed. And he's got us, and he's got this. And so it's good to be reminded on the end of this crazy year, in this final month, with another strange year looming with all sorts of eclectic, irresolvable puzzles and conflicts in the human experience hanging out there like a fog bank waiting to come in. I'm not trying to be negative, but if you haven't figured it out, 2021's going to, you know, it's not going to be 2020, but it's, this isn't done yet. Right? We know that. This has all really just begun. We don't know where this all is going to end. So it's good to be reminded tonight the kingdom is the kingdom. And the king chose us for his kingdom. And the woman who I've chosen, the man who I've chosen, the young girl who I've chosen with terminal cancer, I think of Trinity Jameson, the, the young woman in love with her 
handsome husband, Melissa Henning Camp, who I've chosen, who's going to die at 21, four months after her wedding. Whoever he's chosen, whenever he's chosen, at whatever time in their timeline, he's chosen us. And he's got this. And I feel we've done a great job as a church, congregation, navigating this year. I believe we made really good calls at the right time because we've let the Lord lead us and guide us. I'm watching lots of churches right now all over America scramble to realize if we don't open up, we don't have a church. We're being sifted, but he chose you. You didn't choose him. And that's our source of comfort. And he chose you knowing you can build a golden calf and raise a rebellion against Moses. And he still chose you. And your rod is still blossoming supernaturally. So we should praise the Lord that he's chosen us. We should rejoice in that because that's a work of God. It's his work. If it was your work, it's a work of the flesh, but it's his work, so it's a work of grace. And so we believe and we're going forward and grace is wooing us and grace is leading us and we're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and he's gonna get us through this. And whether it's the most enjoyable experience from here to eternity for each of us or a very difficult experience from here to eternity for each of us individually or collectively, he's gonna see us through it. Because he chose us, and we're chosen for this purpose, we're chosen for this time, and we're chosen to serve the king. You did not choose me, I chose you. And how many times have I been distraught and overwhelmed in ministry, where I just like, I can't do this, and the Lord reminds me what the ordination says. You did not choose me, I chose you. And like I shared a couple weeks ago, reading the letter I wrote my mom at the age of 16, not walking with the Lord at all. It's so evident that God chose me because I'm quoting scripture to my mom from Genesis 49 of Joseph being a fruitful bow. How do I even know that verse at 16? I mean, I went to catechism, but I didn't like really pay attention. Like I ran away to Hawaii. I stole my college bonds and cashed them at the bank and got on a plane at San Diego Airport, PSA, and flew to Honolulu, got on the bus with a surfboard and 35 bucks and went the wrong, wrong bus, wrong way around the island. But I still got to the North Shore before dark and it was still 12 feet. And I stayed with my friends, and, and I, I, I lived on $35 for a week, and then I called my mom. I'm in Hawaii, and I've run out of money. But that letter, my mom saved it. She saved it, and she knew I'd find it. And I'm quoting scripture. God's going to make me a fruitful bow, mom. Like Joseph. Now, I'm named after Joseph, St. Joseph, you know, Mary and Joseph, Joseph. But, you know, like when you're 16, you can just kind of pull the Joseph you want for what you're doing, whatever. But isn't that amazing? Because when I got saved in, in late 86, after my attempted suicide, I read Genesis from, for the first time ever. And I remember reading the life of Joseph, and I thought it was the most amazing life that I couldn't believe. Like, I never knew this person's life. But I did know that person's life because I quoted it when I wrote my mom at 16, running away to Hawaii. You did not choose me, Joey Baran. I chose you. And put your name in there, too, if you're walking with the Lord, confessing Christ. And that's our encouragement. So every time I feel discouraged, like, man, the Lord just reminds me, listen, I've got this. I've been running the universe for a long time. Before you came, I've seen a lot of evil men come and go. (laughs) Kings and queens and revolutions and guillotines and everything else. I've got this. I can take care of the animals. I can redo the planet. I know the stars by name. Exhale. Put your eyes on me. Take my word in. And let's go forward. 
That's all we need to do. You did not choose me. I chose you. That's what the Lord says. And he chose us that we will blossom. He said, it shall be the raw the man or woman whom I choose will blossom. So the chosen person produces fruit. And it's not just any fruit. It's supernatural fruit. Think about this. In this text, no matter what Aaron could have tried to do with his rod to make things happen, he could not make it blossom contrary to nature, these almond buds. Like he couldn't, there's nothing he could do to make that happen. Either the Lord's going to confirm him with the supernatural divine intervention to do something that's beyond Aaron's capacity and even human capacity, or he's not. And when it comes to ministry, the Lord is not asking you to use your talents or me or wits or administrative skills and all the incredible things that human beings can do because we can do pretty incredible things, right? I mean, we put a Jeep on Mars. We're going to put people on Mars probably if the Lord tarries in the next 40 years. There's probably going to be people that go to Mars. Like, that's just crazy to think that. That human beings can figure out space, gravitational pull, the mathematics, the physics of of it all. I read a book on Yuri Gagarin, the first man in space, the Russian cosmonaut, and how terrifying it was because he basically put him on an ICBM missile and shot him straight up and said, good luck. Not in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, but good luck in the name of Stalin, right? That's what they did. He's he's in a little ball on a (laughs) missile straight up. But he made it up. He went around once and he landed and parachuted and landed like like in the snow of Siberia, almost kind of like Uzbekistan or something. And he's a national hero. That's what Russian scientists can do in the 50s. Ten years later, we put man on the moon. We're like little gods because we're created in the image of God. We're not gods, so don't misunderstand me, but we're like little gods. Our brains are supercomputers. We talked about that in Genesis, the early chapters of Genesis, right? We are creating his image. Human beings can do incredible things. We can organize, we can influence, we can lead, and usually we organize and influence and lead for evil in most cases, right? All those leaders in the 20th century, most of them were for evil, and they did very evil things, and they led evil people in doing evil things. But we have these incredible capacities, yet the heart is a rebel, and who can know it because it's desperately wicked. So when we think about the Lord choosing us, we're like these little gods, but it's not the talents of these little gods that he chooses us for. For not many are called, many strong, many wise, many noble. But God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So he has to strip us down of what we think we could do for God in his name. I could be a great administrator. I could do all these great things for God. It's like, actually, no, just humble yourself and let him do what he's going to do through you. Let him make your rod blossom. And don't sit there and like, I'm such a little God. Here comes a little almond blossom. No, just like rest in the Lord. Look unto Jesus. Go like that. Because it's got to be supernatural. This chapter is about the supernatural. This blooming rod is supernatural. This has nothing to do with Aaron. This is everything to do with the Lord. And so as we come to the New Testament and we think about believers in the New Testament, since we're chosen according to his foreknowledge and all that, but I, I believe fully in choice. I don't understand both things. Like Elizabeth Elliot, I say, I just don't get them. But they're both there, and I teach them both, and I believe them both firmly. And I... I I just do. They're absolutely both there because Jesus said you were not willing. I didn't want to do this to Jerusalem, but you were not willing. So he held them accountable for not exercising self-will to respond to him. So, of course, we have a choice. And, of course, the Bible is filled with choice from Genesis, the tree, to Revelation. But 
as we give our life to Christ and we're born again and we become a new creation, the woman I've chosen, the man I've chosen, what God does is supernatural. And I want to remind us of this tonight because man's out here right now trying to figure everything out in his own wit and wisdom. Government is trying to figure out how to govern. Well, government's always trying to figure out how to govern. They don't need a, you know, whatever this is, the COVID situation. And there's medical people trying to figure it out and they're completely divided over it. There's political people over the world trying to advance various causes. It's crazy. But they don't have the supernatural to do it unless they're born again. It's just men and women devoid of God trying to govern men and women devoid of God who are rebels against God in a world where they don't want God. And of course, it's all moving toward a new world order and a global government that completely, and God says this in his word, completely rejects God. In fact, what do we see? We're told in the end game, people are given over to a spirit of delusion. And let me just say this. Have you ever seen more clueless people walk around the planet than right now? I mean, honestly, we, I, I love critical thinking. I'd settle for common sense right now. And I'm just being truthful and transparent because it's true. Like you cannot reason. Like right now, if you have any narrative other than the one that's being forced on us by the globalists, they can't even listen. There's no marketplace of thought. It's cancel culture. It's the woke mob. It's, it's insane. Good is evil. Evil is good. And you can't reason with these people. I can't tell you how many people I talk to who love the Lord, walk with the Lord, who have friends and relatives who are just walking around in a stupor. And people that are normally intelligent are completely devoid of any common sense in their thinking. And you can't reason with them. They're the rebels. Because they're not the ones trusting in God and his word. They're not the ones bowing the knee to Jesus in most cases. And if we want to put all of our confidence in doctors and medical people, ask the woman with the flow of blood how that went for her. Grab on to Jesus' tassel. I've watched so many people look to doctors to deliver them from death, and they died. Because even if you're healed, you're still going to die. One of the stories my dad told me, because my mom's brother and sister both died of cancer before 30. But her big brother, who was her idol, buddy, died of cancer, and he had a leg amputated to try and cut off the cancer. It was the 50s. But I never knew this, but my grandfather, Bud... He flew to the Catholic shrines in Italy to bring back holy water to heal his son from cancer. My dad told me that story two years ago. That's what you do. Like, well, you've tried every doctor. They've said this. They've said that. The cancer doctor, this thing, the holistic one, the pharmaceutical one. And they all gave their opinion. And you still cut off Bud's leg and you still go to the Vatican, bring back holy water, and he still dies. Man, grab the tassel of Jesus that's where, our, that's where our confidence has to be. I'm not against doctors. In fact, you know, I, I got medical insurance, and I'll, if, if I face this or that or whatever, I, I like to have the opinion. But don't walk in a doctor's room and think they're the end all. They're not the end all. They're human beings. And if they think killing babies in the womb is okay, then how much less can you trust them? I almost want to make them sign a disclaimer. Are you pro-choice or pro-life? Because if you think my grandkids in the womb right now are tissue... I don't want you to give me any advice. You don't know anything. Because you don't fear God. I'll grab the tassel of Jesus. And you can keep your chemo. We're going to die. But we're going to die chosen. And we're going to die bearing fruit. Supernatural fruit. Because that's the real fruit. See, 
this fruit is not human fruit. This is not human wit and wisdom of little gods and all that they know and think they know. This is the fruit of God. When God touches your life and you have the fruit of the Spirit working in your life and there's love and there's joy and there's peace and there's patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, faithfulness, and self-control. We can't produce that. Our love is limited. Our joy is limited. But his is not. And that's why Romans 5 tells us that the Holy Spirit's been shed abroad in our hearts, who's been freely given to us. And as much as we're willing to press in as chosen rods of the Lord, if you will, he will produce the supernatural fruit that just keeps on giving and giving. There is no end of the love and the power and the characteristics of the Holy Spirit being poured on our life of Galatians 5. There's no limit. We can have more self-control, and I need it. We can have more gentleness, and I certainly need it. We can have more kindness. We can have more love and peace and joy. We can have more. It's not like you tap it out, like you've tapped out your quota for a lifetime of peace from the Lord. It surpasses understanding, and it's supernatural on the rod. It's a, it's a supernatural fruit on the rod of your life that is outside of us. Jesus said, my peace I give you, not as the world give, gives I to thee. Like, it's, it's all supernatural. So when we think about the, our life being the blossoming rod, it's supernatural, it's divine work, like the blossoming rod. It's impossible for us to produce the fruit of the Spirit. We can't do it. It's contrary to our nature as daughters of even sons of Adam. But when we're born again, it's what he does with his nature in us to produce that character and those characteristics and that godliness of a godly woman and a godly man. That's what he does. It's the same as the rod blossoming. The miracle of you and I having the fruit of the Spirit in our life is no different than the miracle of this wood blossom into an orange tree. Because neither one can happen apart from God doing it. We can do church. Lesser people are doing that now, though, right? We can do religion. How's that working out in 2020? No, we do born again, and we do fruit of the Spirit, because it's our yielding and trusting where God produces it. We're not manufacturing any of it. It has nothing to do with the works of the flesh. It has to do with humility and crying out to Jesus. It has to do with seeking, knocking, and asking, and how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who do so? It's Aaron's rod. Our life is Aaron's rod. And it's in us, but then it's through us. Because when the life has been transformed supernaturally by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, then it overflows supernaturally, and we fulfill our ministry. And even as Aaron, it was, a, it was his gift from God, the service of the priesthood. It was all a gift. That's what he said, a gift of service. And once we've been saved and born again, the supernatural work and the blossoming happens within us and then from us comes that fruit because Jesus talked about our life having fruit, right? He said, you'll know good teachers by their fruit and you'll know bad teachers by their fruit. You can just look at their fruit. What's their fruit? What are they living for? What are we seeing? And we know that our life produces fruit and Jesus used that example where again in John 15, he said, abide in me and I in you and you'll bear much fruit. If my word abides in you, you will ask what you will and my father will hear and you will bear much fruit. So the idea is that we're connected to Jesus and we're connected to the Father and the word of God is guiding us and leading our prayers and we produce fruit. That fruit is the fruit of the ministry because Aaron's fruit, his blossoming rod, was confirmation of his priesthood and the service in the tabernacle, leading the priests, leading the Levites, and it was his ministry. So when we think like, say, for example, Bobby and Sophie leading worship, they're going to have fruit in their personal life, but their fruit of their calling and Bobby's Clearly, 20 years into, plus, like Bobby's call to lead people in worship. That's his supernatural calling. 
And he, when he's leading us, he's, it's the fruit. He's taking us into heaven. He's taking us into the preview of coming attractions. That's why he's playing at my memorial. He's just going to remind you, don't mourn for me. He's going to remind you, I'm in glory. That's his fruit. Bobby Brown could be a great guitar player in any band, dude. He could do bars, clubs, whatever he wanted to do. He's obviously a very skilled musician. And Sophie's a gifted singer and just young and in front of all those things. They can do whatever they want for the world. But when they're born again in the Spirit, and they're the fruit of the Spirit, and then these gifts, it's fruit. That's eternal fruit. They're leading people into the presence of the Lord. That's what they're doing. It puts me at ease. It puts me in a good place. As we say, our headspace, I'm in a good headspace when Bobby and Sophie are leading worship. It's those songs we're singing. These are eternal songs, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit guiding them and leading us and singing these songs as a people of God, unto God, serving God, trusting God, and preparing to go to God. So when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, or it says in Romans that God has given each one a gift, a spiritual gift, we're not talking about the gifts of little gods that can put a Jeep on Mars or put, you know, Yuri Gagarin on a ballistic missile and launch him into orbit. We're talking about a rod blossoming that could never happen unless that rod belonged to the Lord and it happened supernaturally from and with the Lord. And that's where we end our thought tonight because that's who we want to be. Because if we say, you're the man who's chosen, you're the woman who's chosen, that God has chosen, we realize, okay. And then God says, I'm going to confirm that in your life by the fruit I'm producing supernaturally in the character of Christ through the fruit of the Spirit. And from that, I'm going to produce fruit of ministry. And we can look at the fruit of the ministry of this church. We think of like Fred and Kathy Jensen, all they've done with Operation Christmas Child, the soundboard with Ryland. we got a new CD we're working on. That's spiritual fruit. That's an overflow of the gifts being used. Or Susan teaching the women this morning. Emily Dean leading worship. These are gifts being used, but they overflow. So like when you come play the piano for the women, man, you want your, you want your rod to blossom almonds. When you get up and teach the Bible, you want your rod to blossom almonds. When you lead the women, you want your rod to blossom almonds. When you post stuff and you're ministering through social media, you want your rod to blossom almonds. When you just get up and praise the Lord and intercede for other people, you want your rod to blossom almonds. We want the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit upon our life, working transformatively in our life and overflowing from our life to confirm that you are the woman and you are the man that God has chosen. And let the rebels do what they're going to do. You know, they never answered the question about the rebels. They said, do we utterly die? Does anyone answer that question? <laughs> I can tell you, chapter 18, they do not. It's just, you know, the Bible has those type of things. It's like, so, so we utterly die? You know, the Bible says don't answer a fool according to their folly. <laughs> just like there's no answers. Like, what are those people saying over there and the outside this camp? Just never mind. It's like white noise. They're the rebels. They're all going to die in the next 38 years without the Lord. Now, we don't know who's going to die without the Lord. We know who's going to die with the Lord. But if we're the woman that God's chosen, we're the man that God's chosen, and our rod is blossoming supernatural fruit, then that is going to give us the heart for people. And we're going to need a lot more patience than we had in 2020 with the human race. I'm sure of it. We're going to need a lot more patience, a lot more love, and a lot more forgiveness. 
I think we're just finding our way. This is like when you do Spanish 101, your first time in college, and it's the entry level, and then you get the next level, or Russian, whatever. Like this is all. This is like New World Order 101 that we've had in 2020. So we got to just keep letting things go. We got to keep knowing we're chosen, and we got to keep letting God let our rod blossom supernaturally. And we're going to get through this if we do that. That's what we're going to do. Leave the golden calves and the Moses rebellions behind us, and just press on with faith. I want us to leave here tonight, and as we finish this year, and just think about this study, like that God has chosen us in Jesus Christ to bear eternal fruit from before the foundation of the world. And that is our focal point, and he will never abandon us in that or leave us hanging in that. We want to live this life with faith and dignity to the last breath, to the glory and the honor of Jesus Christ. With faith over fear and trusting in God and loving humanity. If we do that, we will hear him for sure say, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.